It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Team Hong Kong has won another medal at the Paralympics in Tokyo, this time silver in the mixed pair boccia event. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says Hong Kong has strong measures to prevent the potential spread of the mu variant of coronavirus. And three people have been convicted of rioting near Polytechnic University by the district court. Hong Kong boccia players have claimed silver in the mixed pair BC4 event at the Tokyo Paralympics after a close 3-2 loss to Slovakia. Natalie Ching reports. It was a tightly fought match, with the SAR's Leung Yok Wing and Vivian Lau taking the first game 1-0, and the Slovakian defending champions winning the next two, 2-0 and 1-0. However, Leung and Lau only managed to score a single point in the fourth game, failing to take it to a tie-break. The chief executive Carrie Lam congratulated the Paralympians, including reserve Wong Quan Heng, for winning Hong Kong's third medal. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says officials are closely monitoring the situation involving the mu variant of COVID-19. The SAR had earlier recorded three cases involving the variant, which has just been listed by the World Health Organization as a variant of interest. Ms. Chan said Hong Kong had strong measures to prevent its spread. We are also reviewing all these different variants of concern. Of course, when we have inbound travellers, there is always risk. But all the stringent border control measures that we have instituted, we try to mitigate all the risks concerned. And because of the frequent testing that we actually identify confirmed cases, not only at the airport, but also during the quarantine period. The district court has convicted three people of rioting near the Polytechnic University in 2019, at a time when hundreds of protesters were holed up inside the campus and surrounded by police. Francis Sitt reports. Judge Lei Li Wong rejected the defendant's explanation of why they were at the scene, saying the reasons given were ridiculous. One of the three, a 25-year-old chef and another 35-year-old tutor, have also been convicted of possessing instruments fit for unlawful purposes, namely cable ties. But a tutor and another 32-year-old man were cleared of rioting. Sentencing has been adjourned to the 25th, with the four defendants remanded in custody. The Thai Prime Minister Prayuth chan has survived a no-confidence vote in Parliament. It follows a week-long censure debate in which opposition MPs accused Mr. Prayuth and members of his cabinet of corruption and mismanagement. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. Thailand's stern and irascible Prime Minister has become increasingly unpopular in the seventh year of his premiership, largely due to dissatisfaction with his management of the Covid pandemic. Until now, though, there seemed no way to dislodge him, thanks to a constrained political system drawn up by the military government he used to lead. With the economy in a dire state, Thailand's vaccine programme still moving slowly, and youthful street protests resuming in the capital, Bangkok, the government will surely face similar challenges in the future. The head of Pakistan's powerful military intelligence agency, General Faiz Hamid, has arrived in the Afghan capital, Kabul, for a one-day visit. Meanwhile, fighting is reported to be continuing in the Panjshir Valley, the last area holding out against Taliban rule. The BBC's Jill McGivering has details. 
General Hamid's visit wasn't openly confirmed, but a photograph of him in a top Kabul hotel was widely shared on social media. Sources in Pakistan said he would meet Taliban officials with security high on the agenda. He's also expected to discuss the management of border crossings, including requests by other governments and some international organizations for Pakistan's help in providing safe passage for those trying to leave Afghanistan. Pakistan was one of the few countries which recognised the last Taliban government. It's repeatedly denied long-standing allegations that it covertly supported the Taliban during the last 20 years of insurgency. The Taliban have warned people in Kabul to stop firing guns in the air to celebrate, saying they should thank God instead. Local media reports that several people died or were injured in extensive overnight gunfire. It was unclear whether people were celebrating rumours of appointments to the new Taliban government or apparently unfounded reports that the Taliban had crushed opposition in the Panjshir Valley. And a quick look at the weather. Mainly fine, the minimum temperature will be around 28 degrees, very hot with isolated showers tomorrow. Currently, it's 29 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity is standing at 82%. And you've got the very hot weather warning in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now five minutes past 11. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, has defended the authorities after a known Islamist extremist was able to stab seven people in a supermarket. She has promised to tighten New Zealand's counter-terrorism laws. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports. New Zealand's counter-terror legislation bill criminalises the planning of an attack. It would close what critics have said is a loophole that's allowed suspected extremists to stay free. The supermarket attacker was arrested in May 2017 at Auckland Airport, where authorities believed he was travelling to Syria. He was charged after banned publications and a hunting knife were found at his house. He was later jailed for three years for breaching his bail conditions as well as weapons offences and was released in July. Scientists have found that tuna populations are starting to recover after years of overfishing. Numbers of yellowfin, bluefin and albacore are bouncing back in some parts of the oceans following the introduction of strict quotas and a crackdown on illegal fishing. The expected announcement of the formation of a Taliban government will be a chance for them to share with Afghans and the rest of the world how inclusive they intend to be. Overnight, celebratory gunfire broke out in Kabul, believed to be in support of the Taliban, and 17 people were killed. This man said he and his wife were trapped in their home in Kabul with gunfire all around. I can hear the sound, and there's gunfire all over Kabul. I don't know what is the reason. I'm so badly frightened, I cannot explain to you. It's not easy in this condition. There are just gunfires, there are bullets. I can see the bullets. We're afraid so much, especially my wife. Every moment she thinks the Taliban came to our door and they will knock our door. We, we face death every moment and every day. I cannot go out and we only I've got rice to cook only and we are just eating rice, no no bread, no no drink, nothing else, just drinking water and cooking the rice. I will lose my life here in Kabul in, in my home. 
They will definitely come one day to my home and they will get me. I don't know what will do with me, but I've lost hope. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony is regarded by many as his greatest achievement, but it was also his final symphony. A tenth was planned but never finished. However, an extract from what might have been Beethoven's tenth was played in a concert hall in the Swiss city of Lausanne. The result was a product of artificial intelligence. A recording of the concert is not yet available, but conductor Guillaume Bernier played on the piano, one of the musical themes based on sketches left by Beethoven that were fed into a computer. It's an algorithm that, that puts together all the knowledge we can find about the Beethoven quartets. For now, it was based only on the quartets. So the string writing is very good and the woodwinds need some improvement. The, the program will now learn the symphonies. So it learns by itself. It's deep learning. It's just a huge statistic database working with probabilities and it runs for days, analyzing all the music we give it. So it learns after that note, what note would have the highest probability to happen in the style of what he learned. And we try not to give any rules, not to interfere. We let it learn and develop itself what he can learn from the, the process. To sports now, Formula One driver Kimi Raikkonen has tested positive for COVID and will miss the Dutch Grand Prix. His Alfa Romeo team said Raikkonen was displaying no symptoms and was isolating in his hotel. And in tennis, the defending women's singles champion Naomi Osaka of Japan has been knocked out of the U.S. Open in the third round by an unseated teenager, Leila Fernandez. Osaka, the world number three, said later that she planned to take a break from tennis. And that's the news from RTHK.
and staying on the roll. Kick it off this hour with Let's Go. We're from Matt and Kim on Arctic K Radio 3, Eternally Youthful. Let's dance in style, let's dance for a while. Heaven can wait, we're only watching the skies. Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are you gonna drop the bomb or not? Let us stay young or let us live forever. We don't have the power, but we never say never. Sitting in a sandpit, life is a short trip. The music's for the sad man. Young is in 